welcome. Is it spearboy.org or joeriley.org? Joeriley.org. He's going to be playing this Sunday at the Leslie Science Center. What Earth time? Day. Earth Day. What I'll time, be there Joe? At 3:30. 3:30. Come on and see him. Mm-hmm. Hear some great music. That's right. Open your heart. Open your heart. And uh, please try to remember we're all related. Thanks so much. Pandora's box, a box of chocolates Would I know To stay away oh, I said Pandora's box, a box of chocolates Would I eat Them anyway Cause Every time I have half a mind To leave you, babe That means I have half a mind To stay it's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN, FM Ann Arbor. How you doing? This is Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food every Thursday at 6.30 p.m. We're going to hear some music from a whole bunch of people this half hour, including the White Ravens, who are playing in Dexter tomorrow. We're going to hear a song about food from them, maybe even two songs about food from them. In the meantime, if you're like me, you're kind of getting a little dazed by the weather. It's 70 degrees It's going to be 60 degrees for a high on the weekend. Then it's going to be 50 degrees for a high on Monday and Tuesday. It's all very confusing because it's spring. If you're like me, you're like Nick Lowe, and you feel this sudden urge to be stung by a deranged bee, or you're deranged about being stung by a bee. Let Nick Lowe explain. He he understands. You better stun me, stun me, stun me, stun stun me with your honey gun till my living daylight. Maybe we I'm on fire but I went right through Come this 
That's Nick Lowe and Honeygun. Stun me, stun me, stun... He just sounds very sinister, doesn't he? I think that there's actually some sinister motive actually from Nick Lowe, as opposed to the bee or whatever. Bees will be singing and stinging very soon because it is spring. And that's the thing. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. It's a show about food. And speaking of food, what better way to hear food than to eat some music? Right, so tomorrow at the Foggy Bottom Coffee House in Dexter will be a group that I had visit my show not long ago, and I'll have to have them on again. They are called the White Ravens. And I, if you're out there, White Ravens, I apologize. I've been disorganized lately. And, but nonetheless, the White Ravens. They're doing a tune or two about food and about all kinds of other subjects. And we're going to play this tune about food by the White Ravens. It goes something a little somewhat like this. got to spread the strawberry shrapnel because the bees are doing it, the birds are doing it. It's a, it's a very long story, very symbolic, and there it is. Strawberry shrapnel by the White Ravens. They're going to be playing tomorrow evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Local group, yes. Support local music. They're going to be playing at Foggy Bottom Coffee House in Dexter. That's on Dexter Ann Arbor Road. It's 7065 Dexter Ann Arbor Road. And you can look up 
directions and such at foggybottomcoffeehouse.com. This is a coffee house that names its sandwiches after mountain peaks and volcanic peaks. Not too many places do that, but this is the truth. I looked on their website, and it's true. They give you actually the elevation of each sandwich that may not be where the sandwich is going to be when you order it, because you may have to actually reach up very high to get to it. But if you look at their pitas, their choices include the Gran Paradiso, which is 13,323 feet. That's in Italy, needless to say, if you didn't know. And I didn't know, but I'm glad I said it. Also, Montana Pico. Oh, this is a good one. 21,120 feet on the moon. That is a mountain on the moon. It's it's this this sandwich called the Montana Pico consists of Southwest chicken salad blend seasoned with mesquite and smoked chipotles. If only I had that record Walking on the Moon. We have to play that earlier on the show by what the heck is her name? Walking on the We'll have to play that record soon because moon cuisine is something we haven't actually done a show about and what's important to know is that the sandwich would weigh one sixth the what it would weigh on the earth on the moon and if you ate it you would only ingest well you wouldn't you would ingest the same number of calories but they'd go not so far so you'd lose weight and i'm babbling also on the menu pitas paninis panini and sandwiches all named after mountains and volcanic peaks three-fingered jack that sounds good does it have jack cheese no but it's named after the three-fingered jack in oregon the height is 7,841 feet, and it contains ham, pepperoni, bacon, mozzarella with basil marinara. marinara. You know, you just have to eat it. Say it, don't eat it. Eat it, don't say it. Basil marinara grilled on Italian. So you get the idea. Hicarita Peak, that's one of my favorite names, from New Mexico, Twelve more than 12,000 feet. Nonetheless, I think you get the idea. The point being that the White Ravens, local group, support local music. I think I've already babbled that before. We'll be at the Foggy Mountain Coffee House in Dexter on Dexter Ann Arbor Road tomorrow from 6 to 8 p.m. And they do another song called Peach Juice. We'll have to listen very carefully to find the reference to peach juice in this song because it's between the lines.
Yeah, that's the White Ravens, and that is Peach Juice. Did you get the reference to Peach Juice between the lines? If you listen closely, you just might not hear it, and that's where you'll hear it. It's hard to explain. But tomorrow at the Foggy Bottom Coffee House in Dexter, they're going to be playing from 6 to 8 p.m. The White Ravens are brother and sister Amy and William Bennett singing and playing bass and keyboards and composing and writing the lyrics and the music. Amy and William Bennett, brother and sister. And Maruga Booker is the drummer. That's the White Ravens. And they have a CD out called The White Ravens. If it's not around town, you can go to CD Baby if you were looking for it. And I would. And I have. Now, here's some news about chickens. I always try to take a moment to talk about chickens on the show at some point. The People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, PETA, offers $1 million for creation of test tube chicken. I just like saying that. Can I just, if you don't, I hope this is okay if I do this again. It means a lot to me. Test tube chicken. Oh, I just, yeah. So this is from the Associated Press from Norfolk, Virginia. An animal rights group wants to keep chickens alive and clucking (laughs) by offering a $1 million prize for the creation of real poultry meat that could be mass-produced in a laboratory. People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals says that it's looking for commercially viable in vitro chicken. In vitro chicken! Sorry. Taking stem cells and growing them into poultry flesh, presumably without the feathers and bones. The process would eliminate the need to kill chickens for their meat, the group says. The outspoken group based in Norfolk, Virginia, says on its website that the prize would be awarded to the first people who create such a product in a large quantity and successfully sell it at a competitive price in at least 10 states before, are you writing this down, before June 30th, 2012. So you could win $1 million if you succeed in making test tube chicken and distributing it to a wide enough group of people in at least 10 states. I think we can get this through the Midwest. Are there 10 states in the Midwest? The point being, it's test tube chicken. This is from the People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, PETA. And we just need to know this. And what you need to know, what you need to find out is, can you fit them all in one single large test tube refrigerator? I don't know. So white, so white, refrigerator white. Everything about the refrigerator white. You call a broody mama like a Utah night.
Refrigerator White, come on. Yeah, I know, it's a tough choice. Refrigerator White, Spitball White, Eggshell White, Corporate Headquarters White. Right, so that was Refrigerator White by Nick Lowe. And coming up is some information about, we've we've talked about chickens, now we're going to talk about cows, okay? A Vermont brewery is planning to power its operations using methane gas from cow manure. Mmm. In an Earth Day announcement... The Long Trail Brewing Company announced that it plans to sign a contract to become the largest commercial customer of Central Vermont Public Services' Cow Power Program. If you'll excuse me. Cow Power! In it, the power company works with farmers to install electricity-generating equipment that uses methane gas that's given off by the manure. Customers pay a four-cent-per-kilowatt-hour premium for the so-called Cow Power! The premium helps farmers pay for the equipment. The brewing company... Let me get a deep breath here. The brewing company says enrolling in Cow Power is part of its EcoBrew program. EcoBrew. Program that includes the use of heat recovery, biodiesel, recycling, and water conservation. It says it also sends eight tons of mash... Mmm, a byproduct of the brewing process to local farms every day. Farmers use it to feed their cows. Mash. There's mash and then there's mush, as in the little rascals. I don't want to eat mush. It is not mush, it is porridge. You know, mush. There's there's the subtle differences between these things. But nonetheless, there's mush and there's mash and then there's... uh, What also starts with an M? I think this song starts with M. Matzo balls, confelta fish, best dish I ever, ever had. Now matzo balls and confelta fish makes you order up an extra dish. Matzo balls, confelta fish, really, really, really very fine. Now you put a little horseradish on it and make it very mellow because it really knocks you right on out. Oh, <laughs> 
Oh yeah, matzo ball stew, or just matzo balls. That's Slim and Slam, Slim Gaylord and Mr. Slam Stewart, matzo balls. Now, on that subject of matzo balls, we're going to talk about an Earth Day benefit, because matzo balls are kind of like the Earth. The Earth is one big matzo ball, only not quite the same thing, and a lot bigger. So, there's going to be an event called Dance for the Earth. It's going to be a benefit for the Ecology Center, and this will be taking place at the Downtown Home and Garden on 210 South Ashley Street in Ann Arbor. You can find about about I mean, a bit a bit you can find out all about that by talking to the folks at the Downtown Home and Garden about that. It's going to be there's going to be dancing, there's going to be Earth Day themed costumes. You can dress up like a large matzo ball that looks like the earth strangely. There will be a drum parade and a silent auction featuring local artists and earth friendly items all for a great cause. There will be music by Fubar and Chris Buhalis. This will be a Dance for the Earth event this Saturday in Ann Arbor starting at 8 p.m. And it's going to be at the Downtown Home and Garden, 210 Ashley Street, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Now, before we go, I wanted to talk about something that struck me because there was a film that appeared at the Ann Arbor Film Festival called Strange Culture. And there was a fellow in the film who had been persecuted by the government, I have to say this, and who may have just scored a victory, and I want to talk a little bit about that right now with a little bit of blues in the background, if I can get this going here. This is the story from the website of the Critical Art Ensemble, the CAE. Dr. Stephen Kurtz is a professor of art at the State University of New York in Buffalo. He's a founding member with his late wife, Hope, of the Art and Theater Collective Critical Art Ensemble, the CAE. Over the past decade, cultural institutions worldwide have hosted CAE's participatory theater projects, which help the general public understand biotechnology and the many issues surrounding it. In May 2004, the Kurtzes were preparing to present Free Range Grain, a project examining GM agriculture at a contemporary art museum, when Hope Kurtz died of heart failure. Police who responded to Kurtz's 911 call deemed the couple's art suspicious, and they called the FBI. The art materials consisted of several petri dishes containing three harmless bacteria cultures and a mobile lab to test food labeled organic for the presence of genetically modified ingredients. Kurtz explained that these materials had been safely displayed in museums and galleries throughout Europe and North America with absolutely no risk to the public. But the next day, as Kurtz was on his way to the funeral home, he was detained by agents of the FBI and the Joint Terrorism Task Force, who informed him he was being investigated for bioterrorism. At no point during the 22 hours Kurtz was held and questioned did the agents read him his Miranda rights or inform him that he could leave. Meanwhile, agents from numerous federal law enforcement agencies, including five regional branches of the FBI, the Joint Terrorism Task Force, Homeland Security, the Department of Defense, and the Buffalo Police, Fire Department, and State Marshal's Office descended on Kurtz's home in hazmat suits. 
cordoning off half a block around his home, they seized his cat, his car, his computers, his manuscripts, his books, his equipment, and even his wife's body from the county coroner for further analysis. The Erie County Health Department condemned his house as a possible health risk. A week later, the Commissioner of Public Health for New York State had tested samples from the home and announced that there was no public safety threat. Kurtz was then allowed to return to his home and to recover his wife's body. That was in 2004, but but to this day, the FBI has refused to return most of the tens of thousands of dollars worth of impounded materials, including a book Kurtz was working on. While most observers assumed the task force would realize its initial investigation was a terrible mistake, the feds have instead chosen to press their case against Stephen Kurtz. And there we stood a few months ago. Stephen Kurtz appeared at the Ann Arbor Film Festival as they showed a documentary about the situation called Strange Culture. And the news has just come out this week, actually just a few days ago. Federal Judge Richard J. Arcara has ruled to dismiss the indictment against University of Buffalo Professor of Visual Studies Dr. Stephen Kurtz. He had been charged with two counts of mail fraud and two counts of wire fraud, stemming from the exchange of $256 worth of bacteria. Dr. Kurtz planned to use bacteria in an educational art exhibit, as we talked about a moment ago. Professor Kurtz's lawyer, Paul Cambria, said that his client was pleased and relieved that his ordeal may be coming to an end. The prosecution has the right to appeal the dismissal. How the the prosecution will proceed is unknown at this time. If an appeal were undertaken, the case would move to the New York Second Circuit Court of Appeals in New York City. That's the story as it stands right now. You can read all about Kurtz, Dr. Stephen Kurtz, and you can read all about the Critical Art Ensemble, or CAE, at their website. And again, there's a documentary called Strange Culture all about his situation. A very interesting film that includes him talking about the situation as much as he can, not able to talk about the whole case, but as much as he can. And also actors portraying him and his wife, who passed away, Tilda Swinton plays his wife, and so it's a combination of reality and fiction. It's a very interesting film, Strange Culture. And it's a mighty interesting world we live in. We're listening now to some music from Guinea. This is Kante Manfila and Balakala with the Can Can Blues. This was on the, the World Circuit label. Actually, the Out of Africa series of the World Circuit label. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox for at least as long as I can remember. I've been Mike. Coming up next, Arulf is here to help us to face the music. In the meantime, I gotta say, hey, hey, honey, thanks for listening. And the Bright Light Quartet would like to say the very same thing. I've got a letter this morning, boy. Hey, hey, honey. I got a letter. Morning, boy. Hey, hey, honey. I got a letter this morning. Gonna see, see you when the sun goes down. I couldn't read it for crying, boy. Hey, hey, honey. I couldn't read it for crying, boy. Hey. See you in the sun.
Loving Georgia boy. Hey, hey, honey. I got a girl in Georgia boy. Hey, hey, honey. I got a girl in Georgia. I'm going to see you when the sun goes down. She's a long, tall, yellow girl. Hey, That was your national anthem, Hey, Hey, Honey, performed by the Bright Light Quartet. Thank you, Rounder Records, for bringing it back out. And thank you, Mike Perini, for playing it on WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor's authentic experimental alternative to mainstream pop culture. We are the voice of the underground intellectual resistance movement, Currently broadcasting from a strange little room in the basement of the Student Activities Building, campus of U of M. Experimental student-run radio at the U of M. Lots of community involvement. That's what bozos like Mike Perini and myself are doing here. Tonight on Face the Music, we appear to have a whole lot of African-American musicians whose spirits wanted to get involved. We are presenting alternate national anthems. This is called Island Cry. It originally occurred on Rasan Roland Kirk's album Natural Black Inventions Root Strata. It finally made it onto compact disc thanks to 